Coming up this week, off screen. Michael Fassbender gets the chills from the snowman. Rafe Spall encounters the ritual. Ninjas get awesome with the Lego Ninjago movie. An all star cast is loving Vincent. Hellraiser returns for its 30th anniversary. A double date leads to a bloodbath. Things get a little bit awkward at the party. And Josh Harnett is six below. All this to come and more, off screen. This is. This is off screen. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Cart. I am Case Allen. Welcome back, Mr. Allen. Thank you for having me back. I've, I've returned. You've returned, you've returned, and we're, we're, all, we're all the better for it. So, before we get to the news and the reviews and the box office top five and the endless competitions and podcast plugs and all the fun we usually have, culminating in the moment of Cage, naturally, uh, we've got doozy this week, by the way. Um, let's have some news. What are we going to start with? Where are we going to go? <laughs> the the places we'll go, the things we'll see, the <laughs> sexual predators we'll talk about. Oh yeah, yeah about that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, Hollywood's a nasty place, isn't it? Turns out, yeah. yeah. Turns out, not a good place for women. No, yeah. Who'd have thunk it? No, I know. No, absolutely. So um, yeah, this news came out. Was it all end of last week? End of last week, and it so it, it was it was on the rise over the weekend. I think Monday morning it exploded. Yeah. It was one of those things that like came out, and my initial reaction was. Oh, well, yeah, of course, that makes sense, doesn't it? Like, it didn't hit me as a surprise. So, um, Harvey Weinstein, um, was accused of, uh, sexual harassing many people. I think it's sexual assault outright, isn't it now? Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, it then led to, uh, sexual assault and then tapes and recordings have now been released. Uh, he's since been suspended and now fired, fired from the Weinstein Company. Yeah, who are now apparently changing their name. Did you hear this? They're, they're, I've not heard this. It's not going to be the Weinstein Company where they're changing their name and, and distancing you know themselves. I've not yeah. heard anything from Bob Weinstein. Yeah, he I've has been, nothing. he has been very silent. So. Yeah, which is crazy. But, um, yeah, that was, that is, that's my big news, really, every really week, is. isn't it? And of course, there've been others in the last fortnight. Uh, Harry Knowles, like, yeah, and, like and, less statue of Harvey yeah. Weinstein, of course. But, and then, of course, um, yeah. um, other end of the spectrum, James Woods. Yeah, who has um, quit acting. Yes, he's retired. He's going to pursue full-time now his hobbies, which include... Um, shouting at Cloud. <laughs> shouting at Cloud. His, his hobbies genuinely include um, uh, what do you call, uh, uh, antiquing yeah. and Texas Hold'em poker. And his retirement was announced... <laughs> and being a, a conservative. <laughs> exactly. Oh, he's claimed that that's affected his workload. Um, but he's, uh, his, his retirement was announced not by himself, but through a press oh. release from his real estate agent. Who is, I know, I know, in the Providence, Rhode Island newspaper, because he's selling up, uh, some of his, some of the four homes he owns in Rhode Island. And yeah, this is the way weirdest... he needs four homes in Rhode Island. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Surely just have one big one. I think so. But he, he yeah. said some things on Twitter. They didn't go down well. No. Army Hammer may have made a comment back. Oh, Amber, that, that is my favorite thing. Yeah. yeah. And Amber Tamlin kind of stuck her in Also as a great well. thing. Yeah. And now James Woods doesn't want to act anymore. <clears throat> so. Uh, well, I, I don't think many people want to act with him. Not so, really, no. Yeah, which is a weird thing because James Woods was always one of those actors I was always like, yeah, he's great. He's always going to be good. He was great, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and then he just developed, like, old man syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least he's not, like, talking to empty chairs or anything. You know, that's, that's Give it the time. Worst. Give it time. Yeah. Well, since he's being frozen out, let's talk about the first review of the week. 
Ah, good segue. What a segue. I know. Uh, so let's talk then about The Snowman, uh, which is the latest from... Uh, his- Alfred uh, Jones. Uh, I know. <laughs> is it Tomas Alfredson or Alfred Thomason? I can never remember. Uh, director Thomas Alfredson, isn't it? There we are. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Who, of course, brought us... Oh, I'm going to have to look that up, otherwise... Well, he brought us the, the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Was that, like, six years ago now, Tinker Tailor? Longer, isn't it? Oh, no, it was, maybe it's... 2011-2012, wasn't it? There what about? cinema was I working at? I was Cardiff. Yes. Okay. No, yeah, I think it's about six, yeah. yeah. So this is based on the, uh, the movie... I just had to go back into my mind. <laughs> <laughs> All the way back. So this is based on the novel by uh, Joe Nesbo, uh, one of many novels to star the detective, Harry Hole, who is played here by Michael Fassbender. He is an alcoholic. He sleeps on park benches and in the alleyways outside clubs. And uh, he reluctantly returns to duty to investigate the uh, a series of murders mm all of which seem to have snowmen placed at the scene. And he is paired with a new rookie cop, played by Rebecca Ferguson, who sort of looks up to him, but also sort of pities him at the same time. And I was correct, by the way. Tom Southwardson. Excellent. On which note, I'll tell you what, here's a clip. The pattern is disturbing. I transferred from missing persons. Harry Hall. We studied your cases at the Academy. And they date back that far? Yeah, you're up there with the legends. I can't keep covering for you. Doesn't matter who you are. Tell me. I think it's the falling snow that sets the killer off. Then who does he leave the snowman for? Building snowmen, cutting things up into little pieces. That's what a child does to establish order. A call just came in. There's another missing woman. We got the missing person's call. Who's missing? Sylvia Otterson. I'm Sylvia Otterson. That's Chloe Savini, incidentally. I didn't even know she was oh. in this. She, she's in this. And, uh, yeah, she is uh, Sylvia Otterson, as we're told in that bit. Um, here's a question for you. When was the last time Michael Fassbender starred in a genuinely good movie? Uh, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, of he, course. He doesn't understand um, that, that why that went wrong, by the way. What was the last 12 Years a Slave? 12, everyone says that as well, yes. The yeah, answer, no, Jobs. Jobs? Yes, yes Jobs. Yeah, okay, jobs. We'll go with Jobs. So what's two years, two, three years? Two years. Two years, okay. And he stars in about six movies a year, so... He is becoming a bit of a cage. He's he's caging it a bit, yeah. (laughs) Caging it up. Um, We're going to put this one on the bad pile. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a shame. We've been looking forward to this for a while. I know. I feel like we always get, like, a detective noir film around, Mm -hmm. like a really good one, like around this time of year, every year. Here's the problem with it. It's boring. Uh, It doesn't particularly work. (laughs) I mean, you feel like it it clearly made a great book. Obviously, it did because someone thought it it would work as a film. It doesn't. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson is capable of doing so much more than this. Michael Fassbender, he's he's as good as he always is, but he never, he seems to have really bad taste in films. And the thing with this one is you come away looking like, like uh, Thomas Alfredson has made a gorgeous looking film it, it's great you know it's got that sort of Christopher Nolan insomnia thing which is a lazy comparison I know when it's snow <laughs> oh look the snow look, it's the insomnia. snow it's insomnia again yeah, yeah. Um, actually it did make me want to look at what the Norwegian for slightly rubbish Red Dragon knockoff was <laughs> and what did you find <laughs> Uh, it just it just told me uh, the snowman that apparently is Norwegian for yeah. Here's the thing with it. Um, <laughs> it it's one of those Norwegian set. They, they've adapted this and they've still set it in Norway. You know, in the way that they did with the Dragon Tattoo remake. Yeah, right. Where they they made it for the English or English language audience, but they, they still set it in Norway and they just had everyone speak with a weird English accent. 
same thing again. This is the Norwegian Principality of Great Britain, mm. or the British Principality of Norway. <clears throat> and uh, it's not very good. It's not very suspenseful. It goes on for a minute shy of two hours, and you feel every second of it. There's a couple of good turns in there. I quite liked um, James Darcy in a sort of a, a bit of a red herring role. Um but really, I came away from it thinking, I was just bored by that. It looked great, but it had very little else going for it. And, all right, the director delivered, but I kind of knew he would, because it's Thomas Alfredson, you know. Mm. we No one thought that Tinker Taylor didn't didn't look the biz. And here's the weird thing as well. A, a surprising number of Tinker Taylor alums show up in this. <laughs> it's like a class reunion. I kept expecting Tom Hardy to cameo. I was like, where is Colin Firth? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I liked Fastbender in it, but I, I came away from it thinking, yeah, I feel like I could have got, would have gotten more out <clears> of <throat> just watching Red Dragon again. And I do mean the Brett Ratner version. I mean, I know I'd have gotten you more are, if I'd watched the Michael Mann version. Say, are, you, are you paying a compliment to uh, Brett Ratner there? Almost, I've yeah. I've never heard about that. Hey, I didn't mind Tower House. That's what I'm saying. Do you know what? I didn't mind Tower House, but <laughs> no, I feel I like that's, that's just more like, oh, Michael Pena's in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Michael Pena is in one of our films this week, certainly. So, oh, yeah, of course he, he is. is. I forgot as well until I was watching. It's like, oh, my God. There's, there's a lot of good people in there. There's a lot of good people. Mm. And then one that mm. kind of confuses you. But never mind. Um, okay, so shall we do the podcast competition plugs real quick? Uh, I guess on? so. Let's oh. do it. Okay, so um, podcast edition, obviously, we've got to plug that. Uh, it's yeah. when we ramble. I might play guitar. Yep, yep. We've we'll got all the, all the fun to come. Uh, more news, more reviews, moment of cage, lots of fun to be had. And, of course, uh, you can get that on Acast, on TuneIn, on uh, Deezer, on iTunes. Download it. It's extended, usually about half an hour, 40 minutes longer. Something. It depends how, depends how much we want to ramble. Depends how much, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not seeing each other for a while, so we <laughs> this, might rant. <laughs> this week's going to be bad. But let's talk competitions, because, boy, have we got the turkey this week. Wait, oh, Talk, talk turkey. That's what I'm thinking. Sorry. Talk turkey. Not got turkey. We, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah it's, it's not It's not milk. I'm just going <laughs> to shut up. That's what I'm going to do. That's for the best. Um, but I am going to plug our competitions because we've got four different competitions on the go at the minute. So we've Ooh. got Song to Song on DVD to give away. Uh, closing, starring Fastbender. Starring Fastbender. Yeah. Closing out on the 16th. Not one of his better works, but you know what? It's, it's still a good-looking film. Uh, we've got The Exception on DVD to give away. Starring your lady, Miss James, mm. um, who I know you're a big fan of. <laughs> and your man, <laughs> Mr. Courtney. Mr. Courtney, yeah. Uh, yep. that, uh, we're running that until the 23rd. We've got Gifted on DVD. You know, Chris Evans. Oh, yeah, I missed that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I really like that. Mm. Uh, Jenny Slate's in it. I like her a lot. She is. Uh, that ends on the 30th, and also ending on the 30th, A Man Called Ove? Uwe? I can never remember. Oh, uh, A Man Called uh, Will Ferrell. A Man it's Called Will be, exactly. be making it. Oh, no, no, it's Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is doing the remake. No, it's, it's, no, Wolf, it's Wolf Howell. No, no, this was the news while you were away. It's Tom Hanks. It there's, is. there's another re... Wait, go on. It is. I'm getting my remakes of old men confused. What is it? 100-year-old man who fell yes, the window is. is Wolf there you go. Yes, I apologize. We're giving away the Blu-ray and the novel for Man Called Ove huh. until the 30th. So yeah, onscreenfilm.com, get in the competition section and get winning. <laughs> so much swag, so much winning. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. The on-screen radio show. And we're back. So, Mr. Allen, where shall we go next? Let us go 
to a film about Vincent van Gogh. I thought you were going to say, let us go to loving Vincent. I was going to say, yeah, let's love Vincent. <laughs> right. Oh, I love, I love me a bit, Vincent. Do, do you know about this film at all? Yeah. Right, this is, this I've, is, I've not seen it, but I really want to see it. I've seen this twice now. Have you? Like, by accident, I saw this twice. How <laughs> can you see a film by accident? You just um, fall into it. I wanted to see The Death of Stalin. I turned up early, and this was showing, so I thought, oh, I'll see it again. Um, right, so this is the world's first hand-painted movie. Yeah. There are 60,000 paintings it's that amazing. make up this film. Yeah. What they've done is... Are they all like oil paintings as well? They're all oil paintings, and they're meant to reflect different st- different t- kinds of Van Gogh paint. They refer to specific Van Gogh paintings. Right, this stars... I want to say... Is it Douglas Booth? I want to say. This stars Douglas Booth as uh, as a young man sent to investigate... Yeah. I'm going to get the cast, because it's, okay. it's a pretty good cast. It's a pretty good cast. Uh, sent to investigate uh, the death and suicide of Vincent Van Gogh. But the whole thing has been filmed and rotoscoped to have the cells actually painted by professional oil painters to look like Van Gogh paintings. Uh, Here's a clip of what you're in for. Vincent Van Gogh killed himself. How does a man go from calm to suicidal in six weeks? So, what brings you to Orvair? I want to do something for Vincent. You're not going to stir things up again, are you? We've had quite enough weeping over that nutcase. His neighbours... And the police. And the whole town. Against an ill man. Vincent, what have you done? We all knew something was very wrong. Vincent! So... They reminded me a lot of Scanner Darkly. Do you remember that? The uh... I do. Yeah, I, I like the film. Uh, I Richard, like Richard Linklater. Yes, it was. That was wasn't that. Uh, was it Keanu Reeves and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, yeah, Woody Harrelson. Is, and Woody Harrelson, yeah. yeah. It was about 12, 11, 12 years ago. Something like that, yeah. Very similar work going on. You do feel you do feel that. I mean, the trailer <laughs> clip that we have there makes it sound a lot more action-y and thrillery than it is. It's more of a talky drama. Um, the funniest thing about it is, first of all, I, I liked it very much. Um, and you do you do really get into the, the aesthetic and the tone mm. of it. And it all does quite work. Um, I still can't tell if it's Van Gogh or Van Gogh. So, do, do we not say it in the film? Presumably, you, you get different versions in the film. Oh, we, oh, that's yeah, and it's annoying, annoying isn't it? Um, I already don't want to say it. It's like well, that, I, I do. Very much. It, it's like Stallone in Over the Top, where one minute he's <laughs> one minute he's Hawks and the next minute he's Hawk. First time that Vince Van Gogh has ever been compared to a Sylvester <laughs> Stallone character. Yeah, exactly. We've, we've got some uh, some sly news. Oh yes, we do. Um, so uh, Douglas Booth is weirdly he's the odd one out in this bunch. He's he's perfectly enjoyable in it, but he's not really a great performer. He's doing this sort of weird Noel Fielding impression. And it, it's it's bizarre, and it takes you out of it ever so slightly. But he's surrounded by a great cast, which includes, for instance, Chris O'Dowd, mm. Saoirse Ronan, uh, Jerome Flint. I'm so happy that you pronounced her name correctly. Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse. I love Saoirse Ronan. Mm. I'm all about Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, and uh, Bron. Bron's in it. Uh, Bron's in it. I liked it very much. Um, and I think, it, I think it's only about 90 minutes. It clocks in about 90 minutes. It is definitely worth seeing. And if, mm. if you are someone who knows knows your, your fine arts, especially modern art, which is the father of com- uh, father of contemporary art, isn't he? Van Gogh, technically remember does. Um, you'll see a lot. There's a lot of visual cues in there, a lot of homaging, a lot of uh, a lot of referential stuff going on. Um, and yeah, I came away from the game actually very positive. Um, in the in the way that I quite like to scan a darkly, and I know it's a lazy comparison to make, but 
yeah, I couldn't quite get it out of my head. Yeah. So yeah, I would. I, to be honest with you, I would. Oh, well, I would see it again if I hadn't already seen it twice. Put it that way. But uh, I would recommend <laughs> you, you might you might wait a bit. I might wait. Time. I might watch it on on DVD. You know. Yeah, I am going to see. It. I don't know if I'm going to see it at the cinema because I just don't know mm. if it's. I mean, they are doing a wide release of it, but I feel like it's yeah. only going to be out for like a week. Probably. But over to you for the news, Mister Armway. Go off for me. Cool. Uh, let's do some sly news right now. Okay. Before what I forget it, sly often um, compared to Van Gogh. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah, off, people often say that he is with Vince Van Gogh of The Expendables. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he has been confirmed, well, he's confirmed himself, to direct Creed 2. I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, because he hasn't directed one since Rocky Balboa, has he? No, which I do like. No, I do. I as like Rocky Balboa. It's a very different. Well, First Creed is a very different film to Rocky Balboa. Am I thinking right when I say that he directed 2, <clears throat> 3, 4, and Rocky Balboa? Or yeah. I, 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 I'm sure if you check that, I'm wrong. But he, he definitely did Balboa and Three. Hmm. Don't know if he did Number Two, possibly. But he has written the script as well, so this is very much Stallone's he, baby. Uh, directed uh, Rambo. Oh, he did. Yes, and I lest we forget, Staying Alive. <laughs> yes, and Staying Alive, of course. Let's never forget that. He did also, of course, write the script for Homefront, the Jason Statham v James Franco movie. Did he? He did. Yeah, I don't know. That was a Rambo sequel originally. Did you not know that? That makes sense. It does now, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to rewatch that. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, that movie's worth rewatching <clears throat> just for the way in which they introduce Winona Ryder's character. Yes, it is. It is um, absolutely worth watching. Yeah, but uh, Slash Alone has uh, discovered uh, Instagram. He has. <laughs> yes. He loves the Insta. He loves the Instagram. He does. And he's always like posting like really rubbish posters <laughs> that people have made for like Creed 2. Uh, but yeah, he's confirmed that he is going to be directing it. Uh, Ryan Coogler sadly not directing it. I don't but, know if that's because he's just got too many projects yeah, on the go. Yeah, he, he's got bigger fish to, or bigger panthers to fry. He has so, a Yeah, I, I guess like when they want to be shooting this film is when he's going to be impressed for that. Probably, so. yeah. Hopefully he might be like an exec producer, so still be involved. Yeah, but, um, but... yeah Michael B. Jordan's going to be back, so that's good. And apparently Ivan, Ivan Drago. Drago is going to be in there. I know, I can't wait. Hmm. Uh, so um, let's move on to the next review then. Let's talk about Double Date, which okay. is one that I was very much looking forward to, having seen the trailer. I was really looking forward to this going into this week. I don't think so. I... Uh... No. It is a British horror comedy. It's a, it's a, it's a buddy centric, a bro centric British horror comedy. And it is about a young, a young man, Jim, who is about to turn 30 and he is a virgin. And, uh, his best friend has decided, I'm going to make it so that you don't turn 30 without losing your cherry. So he coerces his friend into talking to two girls at a bar, uh, and they arrange a date. And I'll tell you what, before I give you the rest of that plot, I'm just going to play you the clip. It's got a very is, cool poster. It has. This is, this is him psyching his friend. This is the, the cue and, and him psyching him up for the day. Maybe it's just not meant to happen. I've tried everything. Am I sexy? Of course you yes, are. Yes, I am. <laughs> Jesus. Jennifer. I even went on this dating website specifically for virgins and I got one response from a 12-year-old Chinese boy. Turn 30 on Sunday, don't you? Right, well, I promise you now, you're going to lose your virginity before you're 30. This is my present to you, my brother. So got to work fast. I don't think, act, Okay, you spotted it before mm. I could point it out. Georgia Groom, who's one of the girls, is the lead from Angus Thongs and Perfect yes. Snogging. Yeah, yes, she is, yeah. Um, okay, so... You've got the queue. He meets the girls at the bar. Where do you think this goes? Bearing in mind you've seen the poster. South. Very quickly. 
They are actually murderesses looking to actually find victims for a human sacrifice for reasons I don't want yeah. to go into for spoilers. But oh, I know him as well. What do I know him from? Are you talking about Michael Socher, mm. who's the best friend? Uh, have you seen Being Human? This, this makes for, like, excellent radio when someone just points to a picture. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Michael yes, Socher yeah, yeah, from Being, yeah, human, being he human. He was the second werewolf who he was, took over yeah. from Russell Toby. Russell Toby, yeah. Right, so you've got Danny Morgan and Michael Socher are the boys. I know George Groom well. and Kelly Wenham are the girls. Hmm. Every every one of them is so much fun in this. Uh, uh, Danny Morgan is just playing it likable. He does it so well. Um, what really works about this film is the screenplay. It is it's a screenplay which Danny Morgan himself has written, but also uh, Benjamin Barfoot uh, directing seems to have an eye for the Edgar Wright side of things, we shall say. Mm. And it's visceral and it's gory and it's excessive and it's funny. And it doesn't... It, it is quite bro-centric. It's quite, you know, a bit of a lad's kind of a movie. But it doesn't wander too far into that sense of humour that, for yeah. instance, sinks Kingsman. Right. You know, that that really laddie humour that's... Just looking at the yeah. pictures and uh, looking at that poster, mm. it looks like it's very heavily influenced by some classics like Suspiria. And it, it has that, that, that in poster. there, yeah. yeah. I, imagine... It's, it's that shade of red. It is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that almost pink shade of mm. red, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's it. I love the design of it and the colour of it, and it looks like it was shot at the old Ealing house, for instance. Yeah. And then Dexter Fletcher turns up, and then, oh, really? as, you, as you pointed out, Dougie from McFly Dougie turns Dougie from McFly's there. Because <laughs> it wouldn't be a film without Dougie from McFly. <laughs> By the way, while you were away, I met one of the guys from McFly. Was it, was it Dougie? Uh, no, it was Tom Fletcher. Oh, right, yeah. The, yeah. Um, I had, I had no idea he's who he now, is. He's now an author. Is, oh, yes, he is. Of, I, uh, I think children's the books. thing he was screening was something to do with that, like Christmas or something. But I had no idea yeah. who he was. Apparently a nice dude. But, uh, yeah, he was very nice. He was very nice cool. indeed. Um, but yeah, so I, I have no knowledge of McFly other than the song, obviously. But uh, that's it. Yeah. But uh, no, you, I love... You, you don't even know where Five Colors in a Hair? Oh, I know that one. I don't know what the Five Colors are, though. Yeah, no. but we don't go on to list what oh. five colours are. Well, what was the point of the song, then? It's not like, they're blue and pink and green. It's not that. Well, that's a pointless song. Yes, it is. You can't sing about five colours and then not tell me what the colours are. Do you know are. what? Next time you see Tom Fletcher, let him know. I will indeed. Um, so, back to Double Days. Enough of McFly bashing. Enough of McFly But yeah, I really, really dug this. I laughed, I whooped, I was really into it. <laughs> did the... you say dug because of Dougie Pointer? <laughs> yes, I, I did. Yes. I really dug this. Oh, I've missed you, Alan. <laughs> so, okay, you know what? See Double Date. It's really, really good. And then listen to uh, some McFly. And then listen Treat to yourself. some McFly on the way home. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the on screen radio show. And we're back. So, Mr. Allen, where are we going next? Uh, we're going to The Ritual, which I really, really, really want to be good. Okay, it's good. It's good. I'm going to give you that. It's good. It's, <laughs> Fantastic. Be- it's better than you would think, actually, as really? well. Yes, very much so. That's good. I, I love me some Rafe. Okay, well, here, I'm, going to, I'm going to put you at ease then. I'm going to tell you all about it. So, Rafe Spall, um, at the beginning of the film, is out with his friend one night. Um, his friend is killed in a, in a convenience store robbery. Yeah. Um, his group of friends, he and his he and the, uh, the group of friends, um, decide to honour his memory by going on a hike to... Yeah, the, to this is pretty much like the setup in the trailer, isn't it? Yes, uh, it yeah. is. Um, and once there, they discover things aren't quite what they've seen. They seem to have wandered into an area where they shouldn't be. They keep finding a 
occult items uh, scratched onto trees and and little epitaph, epitaphs uh, dotted throughout the woods that they're walking in. And, uh, well, the title tells you sort of what you might be in for. Here's a clip. What do you think? I think we could be carrying him out there like an Egyptian princess if we're not careful. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not even as bad as he says it is. Almost certainly not as bad as he says it is, but it's not going to stop him moaning the whole way back, is it? There is another way out of this, man. What? Well, you saw it last night. The lodge. It's not that far as the crow flies. Look, we go southwest through here. We cut the journey in half. What, through the forest? Yeah, why not? Little off-trail hiking. Could be exciting. Might even do us some good. We could be kicking back by the evening time. I think we need this. Look, why don't me and you leave them here with the food and then we can go back, get some help. I mean, why are you leaving us on this mountain? I can walk, all right? No quicker route, let's do it. So I'm going to sell this movie to you, Case, in two words. Mm, do it. Neil Marshall. I am um, buying what you are selling. Right, okay, so imagine that the sensibilities of dog soldiers, mm. right, not so much with the, the high-end comedy of dog soldiers, but with the sort of setup of The Descent, only their boys. Right. Right, that's the movie. That's cool. And I'm, I'm fine with it. It's based on Adam Neville's novel. It's written for the screen by Joe Barton, and he's got the wit necessary to sell this. Um, it's uh, directed by David Bruckner with a sort of a Neil Marshall eye. And part of what really helps him in, in, in no uncertain terms is the, the strength of the ensemble. Mm. So you've got Arsha Ali, for instance, from Four Lines. You know the guy who actually stands up at the lecture uh, with the fake bomb? Remember him? Yes. The, the sort of young, cool one of the group. Mm. Uh, you've got him, you've got Sam Troughton, uh, you've got uh, Robert James Coulter, and of course, Rafe Spall leading them. Um, I, I I to and fro on Rafe Spall, to be honest, but I really like him in this. Really? I do. I, I think he, t- he stars in some really naff things. So, as long as he's the best person in them. Well, no, what's, I mean... What's your, what's your point? What's your beef? I'm going to defend me some Spall. Well, he's no fastbender. <laughs> Fastbender wishes he... <laughs> Can, yeah. I, can I just point out that we've got the other spall to review later as well? Exactly. Give me so, give me all the spall. Give you all the spall. That's, um, that's a new podcast. I'm there's, gonna, there's some prime spall in here. There's yeah. some there's some vintage spall. I'm going to make a new uh, podcast called uh, spall. Spall. No, called Spall or Nothing. <laughs> And it's just going to be reviewing all the spoil films. Oh, good. Well, good guy. I mean, with Timothy's resume, that's a long that's series. A lot of films, that's isn't a lot it? of films. Do you exactly. review the Red Dwarf episode he's in as well? Anything committed to the screen? You can spend half be your it, life watching Mike small. Lee movies. It would be, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a very depressing time. Anyway, um, I liked this very much. Um, it takes a turn into territory that you do not expect it to, uh, in terms of eh, just a general tone. Um, and I think that's probably for the best. I think if you if it kept its yeah. comedy all the way through, I think it would have felt quite naff. And the thing is, it doesn't. It knows when to shelve the comedy, and it's a really, really admirable thing that it does that. Because I just feel like if they forced that, if they kept it going longer than it was, this film would fall apart mm. instantly. It doesn't, though. And I came away thinking, actually, that was really good. And it reminded me a it lot of... It knows what it's doing. Yeah, yeah. It's something Neil Marshall would have made, potentially, as the third one of his his ensemble after Dog Soldiers and The Descent. It would have made a good thing. Maybe he will go back and he will do a further run after Hellboy. Well, we did have The Descent too, didn't we? Didn't anyone decide whether or not Neil Marshall directed I don't... He wasn't involved, was he? Was I don't he? know. I, I still, to this day, don't know if he directed The Descent too. But, I don't uh, know. Well, let's, I'm passing, let's ask him. I'm passing it over to you now anyway, because it's, it's time for some film news. What you got for me? Time for some news. Um, so this was announced this morning, and I think it was a bit of a shock. Okay. 
But actually, think about it. Maybe it makes sense a little bit. So Disney, mm. they were going to be releasing a film called Gigantic. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, I heard of it. Yeah, which is essentially a gender... Flipped uh, Jack of the Beanstalk movie. So, Jill of the Beanstalk, if you will. <laughs> Jill of the Beanstalk. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah they, they've announced that, that film, um, which is going to be called uh, Gigantic, no longer going ahead. So, it was actually meant to be coming out uh, next autumn or next I think winter? it was the end of next year. Yeah, and it? then yeah. they pushed it back to 2020 because sometimes they do that. Films need yeah. time to work on. And now it's gone. First it's Crudes just, 2 it's, and it's now this? Crudes 2. Is back. Is that back on now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's turn this into some double news. Yeah, uh, Crudes 2 is actually happening now. Oh, okay. I'm sure Nicolas Cage is very happy. I'm sure he is as well. I really like the Crudes, and not just because I really like Nick Cage. Of course you do. You like Ryan Reynolds. That's exactly why you I like do. the Crudes. I like, I like both Ryan's Gosling and Reynolds. So, uh, we're not going to get Disney's Jack and the Beanstalk, so shame. No, we're not, but um, it reminded me of when uh, Pixar, they were going to be releasing a film called uh, Newt. Yes, and then yeah. they shelved that. And then yeah. they shelved it, but they got to the point where like they were casting it, mm. and and it was essentially ready to go within like the next 12 months and then it was shelved but yeah. maybe it's good that some companies know when to do that when it's just not working out probably for the best I mean if Fox had that uh, that level of hindsight then we might never have gotten uh, the number one film number two film sorry in the box office uh, top five. Oh. Are you are you some kind of like two wheeled scooter? Because you are a Segway machine today, my friend. <laughs> On which note, number five, Victoria and Abdul. This is the thing you've been away for most of what's in the top five, so we've I not have. we've not compared notes. No, I loved I've, Victoria. And I've, I've not seen it, but I would imagine I would really enjoy it because I really like Miss Brown and I really like um, Simphrys. Right, you could sell this as, as a direct sequel to Mrs. Brown. I'm I sure loved you could. it. Yeah. I really loved Did it. You really, good. I was charmed as all hell by it. I laughed. I cried. I didn't hurl. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought Eddie Izzard's the best thing in it as Bertie he plays Bertie yeah plays that's Bertie. great casting it is good casting there's, there's been there. quite a few Berties of late there like have. over the last five years but five, I, six years, I, I really enjoyed it it's the kind of thing I, I, I very much look forward to seeing it again when it's on home release but it's the kind of film I know I could show my mum and she'd love it I mean it's, it's, it's one of the mums and mum friendly yeah. mums and grandmums mums and grandmums how this wasn't released on Mother's Day no. I don't quite know uh, we, we have a, uh, a tweet review oh let's go then from Susan Cohen who is um, at Gotham Love. Fair enough. Great Twitter handle. Uh, Victoria and Abdul was simply amazing. It is a must-see, and hashtag Judy Dench has never been better on the big screen. Hashtag Victoria and Abdul. Excellent. Number four. The Mountain Between Us, which I really want to see, because, you know, there's not enough uh, playing cash uh, romances. No. Um, it starts good. And, it, <laughs> and, then it, and then it crashes. <laughs> it, it, it crashes about two-thirds of the way through, when all of a sudden it becomes a Nicholas Sparks adaptation for a book that wasn't written by Nicholas Sparks. It's very much an airport novel. It feels like that. Right. The uh, final scene is perhaps one of the most tonally misjudged things I've seen in a film for some time. Idris Elba and Kate Winslet are great. The fault is not with them. Their performances are absolutely terrific. I, think, I feel like a film with this, the film would still be bad, but you could see it for their chemistry. Yeah, you'd see it for their else. chemistry. Yeah. The only problem is what they do with that also, chemistry. Also, Bo Bridges is in it, apparently. Briefly, yeah, and mm, given the plot, I, of the I, film. I wonder who he plays. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but no, I liked it until I didn't. And mm, okay. frankly, if you're going to see the film, you're going to know very much at what point I stop liking it because that's the point at which you'll stop liking it as well. Fair enough. So, what's Twitter got in the matter? Well, um, at uh, Hey Girl Missy disagrees with you. Says great film at Idris Elba and at Kate Winslet eighty eight. I'm not sure if that's her actual Twitter handle. Uh, once again, turning great performances. See it. Hashtag Mountain Between Us. Number three. Hi, Georgie. 
Georgie. <laughs> Want a balloon, bucko? Oh, man, that movie. Uh, it. It. Which I loved. I think you loved. I did. I okay. want to see it again. Um, that's it. I want to see it again as well. But I think at this stage now, wait for home release. Um, it's mm. still making the money, though. It is. It seems to be universally loved. Or is it? Okay, what's Twitter got to Foxy Danny. Great. Uh, I don't want to be that person, but I actually hated the new hit movie and was so disappointed. Cry upside down smiley face. Number two. Manners maketh man. Kingsman, the golden circle. More like Kingsman, the golden shower. hey I hated it with a passion. The fury of a thousand suns. I didn't enjoy a single minute of it. Except, I'll tell a lie, there was about one cumulative minute that I enjoyed, and that was the sequence with, uh, what's his name, Bruce Greenwood as... Uh, <laughs> as, as Donald Trump. As Well, that was the thing. That was a scene that had quite obviously been put in towards the end. That was a, that was a reshoot, oh, quite obviously. Yeah. Um, what even was that? Like, I would have thought that a film that opens with a Prince song and that particular Prince song... I know. That wouldn't be so bad. From the opening frame, you know this is going to be a bad time because it just never gets it, never finds the tone that the first film had. And it feels forced and it feels. It feels like, oh, here's everything you dropped for the first one, plus all the other ideas that we decided to scrap from the first one. There's literally no idea untouched in this. Every yeah. single idea they had for a sequel they've tossed in. None of it works when stacked alongside one, stacked hmm. aside the rest. And it, I came away thinking, I never want to see a Swedish princess again, ever, because no. frankly, they're boring. Well, well, the last Jed guy. No, okay, I like that. Yeah, uh, agrees. He says there was literally no way uh, for Ragnarok or Justice League could be the worst comic book movies of the year. Kingsman Two exists. Hashtag burn. Well played, sir. Well played. Number one. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I saw it last night. Yeah, you've seen it. So, what did you think? I thought. For the first 20 minutes, I didn't really like it. And then I loved it. I loved it so much. <laughs> I want to see it again. I can't stop thinking about it. I was, I was having a dream last night, and it, it, it was about Blade Runner. Did you dream of Electric Sheep? <laughs> see what you did there. Um, I think it's the best live-action sequel since Godfather 2. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Um, Notice I said live-action. Like, yeah, I know. I heard that. Yeah. Toy Story fans. <laughs> oh, no, I'm all about cars. <laughs> he says with his cars merchandise. Uh, yeah, I, I I will think of, of other ones, but yeah, it's definitely up there. So what's Twitter got on the matter? <laughs> so at DudeBroNoWay okay. <laughs> says, Saw Blade Runner 2049 for the second time yesterday. Best movie I've seen of 2017 and the best science fiction film since Children of Men. Definitely up there. Well, that's a man who's clearly never seen Snowpiercer. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. And we're back. So, Mr. Allen, what's in the news that you can share my way? There's beef. There's beef? There's beef again. Okay. Who's got beef, man? Fast and Furious. Oh, no. I know. Oh, Can't God. this family just bring it together? I know. The whole point is family, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's all about family. Why won't mum and dad stop fighting? Who's fighting now? Well, in, in fact, mum and dad are actually all right. It's now okay. like the younger brother, Tyrese. It's, it's Tyrese. Tyrese is now... What's he annoyed about? some man? serious shade. Who's he annoyed with? He is annoyed that they've now announced uh, the Hobbs and Shaw spin-off movie. Given about a date, which is... It's either June or July 2019. Yeah. Uh, which is oh, effectively cause... pushed back Fast yeah. 9. 
which mm. of course he is in. Okay. And I'm assuming is not scheduled to be in this Haw- this um, uh, Hobbs and Shaw uh, spin-off. <laughs> okay. I so almost called it Haw then. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> that, that, that's their shipper name, Haw. <laughs> yeah. You have like Hobbs on like the left of his Shaw there, but you just smash Haw. them together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, he, uh, he went onto Instagram and uh, yeah, said said some stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't, uh, hang on, didn't Vin Diesel shut this down, though? Didn't Vin Diesel... Vin Diesel then was like, it's all cool, don't worry about it. The franchise, like any good car, needs mm. time and maintenance. That, that was Which exactly... Was like, yeah. Perfect. But um, another thing I'm just going to tie in, which I have only just seen, I don't think will happen, but I would give my left arm to ha- see happen. Okay. Apparently, Shane Black is under consideration to direct Shane Johnson... Uh, Shane Johnson? Shane Johnson? <laughs> that, that's their shit name. <laughs> to direct Dwayne Johnson's Fast Furious spin-off. Ooh. Can you imagine that? I would love that. Yeah. I would absolutely love because, that. Because, of course, uh, The Rock is going to be... Um, He's a producer, uh, Doc, isn't he? Doc Holliday. Of course he is, yes. Yeah. But it's in the pipeline. I mean, of course, he's got like another 20 films to make first. But is it Doc Holiday, Doc Samson? You think oh, Doc Samson? That the, the Shane Black one? Yeah, it's the, Doc Savage, not Doc, Doc Savage, Doc not Holiday. Samson. Doc, I'm Doc getting Holiday. my. I just started having flashbacks of, of uh, Val Kilmer. By the way, there is. Yes. I forgot to talk about Val Kilmer I, earlier. I, I, I would love to see the Rock be Doc Holiday. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> to talk about Val Kilmer earlier when we were talking about the Snowman. He is in it. Valley Kilmer's is in Valley it. Valley Kilmer's is in it. I'll say it for the podcast extras. Valley, he's laugh out loud bad in it. Oh. Genuinely, uh, but anyway, okay. We, we need to do a review. Um, can we? Can we go awesome? Can we talk about the Lego Ninjago movie? Of course. Okay, so the Lego Ninjago is the third in this series now, and it's the first one <laughs> to be based on a property exclusive to Lego. So you know, that there's is. no, there's no Batman in this, no Green Lanterns, no Harry Potter's, <laughs> no Star Wars. This is just a Lego brand. So the idea is you've got the city of Ninjago, which seems to exist in a land in which America and Japan have sort of fused together. And it's off the coast. Didn't happen in uh, Big Hero 6. Kind of like that, yeah. yeah. Like San Francisco in Big Hero 6. San Francisco, yeah. And there's there's a volcano island just off the coast on which Garmagon... Garmadon? Garmadon, I think Oh, his name yeah, is. The, the bad guy. The bad yeah. guy lives. And he has like an army of minions. And every other day, he leads them into the city of Ninjago to try and enslave the place. But there is a group of five or six plucky teens who are ninjas. And they team up and uh, they, they thwart Garmadon's uh, threats every week by hopping in their giant mechs, or zords, as you and I would actually know them, mm-hmm. and fighting him in the streets and driving his armies out. One of this team, however, is Garmadon. On son, who's Lloyd, played by, uh, in, in, voiced by yeah. Dave Franco. Isn't call him like Le Lloyd? Le Lloyd, yeah, because Lloyd. your name is spelled L L O Y D. Le Lloyd. <laughs> right, the whole thing becomes a co- a conflict between Lloyd's uh, need to prove himself as a hero and earn the love of of the the people who kind of treat him as an outcast because he's his son, mm-hmm. and it's quite publicly known. He's like a celebrity. He's known as being this guy's son, but at the same time, he does kind of want to reconnect with his father. Um, his father then destroys the Zords. And the whole thing is the team have to venture to the forbidden whatever zone and journey into the mystic ruins and fight an army of skeletons and brave the supernatural elements to basically learn and retrieve their true power. If this sounds familiar, it's because it's the exact plot of 1994's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. I'm not kidding, it really is. I remember that film. You do. And watch, no, here's a clip. Good morning! Mom, hey, um, here's a thought. What if I didn't go to school today what oh no you don't want to miss school honey these are the best years of your life um have you have you been to high school because uh 
It's judgy. Pretty judgy. Oh, honey. You just need to give him a chance to see the real you. Yeah, I don't think I can actually show people the real me. That's not true. All you've got to do is just show them the person you are on the inside. Right here. Where it matters most. Oh, and also don't forget, if your dad attacks the city again today, just be sure to duck and cover, cover until, until the secret, secret ninjas, ninjas give the all clear. Oh, and also don't forget. Yeah? Have a happy birthday, honey. Thanks, Mom. Can you tell who the voice of the mom is? Is it Maya Rudolph? No, it's Olivia Munn. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, Maya Rudolph's in Should Be Girl 6. Yeah. Why are they getting these two films coffee? So it, it's a very easy mistake to make. Here's the thing with this. Um, you, you are initially uh, sort of in a position early on with this film to kind of dismiss it out of hand. Um, and once, but once they do settle into it, the actual cadence of it, it does, it does prove quite good. There is a recurring gag, for instance, about, you know, the whole Lego movie thing where the whole movie is on the basement table? Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, like with the craggle, where it's actually real-world crazy glue. <laughs> the, I love that. There's a similar gag this time, and it's not really like a shock thing. It's actually a, it's actually kind of driving the plot, where there is a Godzilla-like creature who's actually a house cat. Okay. So there is a human... That's cool. There's a real-world cat serving as the Godzilla of this this Lego world. And kind it's, of wish I didn't know about going into it, but yeah, all right. But uh, no, no, I mean, it, it, it's, it's brilliant. It works. I did think it might be a step too far. Um, I see. It worked for me. It's a better Power Rangers movie than either Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or Power Rangers. So give it that. Uh, the voice cast are all having fun. Fred Armisen, Kumail Nanjiani, your boy Mr. Woods there, Zach Woods. Good, not right. not James Woods. Not James Woods. Good. Here's a question for you: What do you cast Zach Woods as in a, in an animated movie? As his character from uh, right. Silicon Valley. Exactly. So if I told you he's playing an emotionless cyborg, makes sense. Exactly, and he's brilliant at it. Um, Abby, I forget her surname Abby from Jacobson. Abby Jacobson from Broad Did you say, City. Uh, Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen's in there as well. Mickey Mickey Pens. Mickey Pens. Mikey Mikey Pena in there. And of course, this is this is the thing. Um, and Dave Franco in the lead. Right. And Jackie Chan obviously is the, the mentor. And Jackie Chan's obviously having a lot of fun. And when's Jackie Chan not fun? This is this is fun, Jackie Chan. It's a good point. Okay, when is okay. Jackie Chan not fun? Here's the thing, though. Um, I spent a lot of this movie thinking, boy, I'm sick of Will Arnett. Really? Yeah. And uh, do you know what the really interesting part is, though? Will Arnett isn't in this film. Justin oh, yeah, Theroux Justin is. Theroux, yeah. Justin Theroux is. Yeah. But he's doing the Will Arnett voice. Yes, he is. So yeah. you spend the entire movie thinking it's Will Arnett, trying to work out why Will Arnett is doing this again. <laughs> and it's they Justin kind of do a similar voice. It's it's like it's the Thirty Rock Jack Donaghy yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um, I did I did really enjoy it though. And the stuff like uh, you know the, the the sort of visual tropes of, of when you're in a jungle, for as you can imagine how this physically looks. There's a lot of visual humor in there. There's you know movie gags that you kind of expect there's a callback there's callbacks and references to uh to you know established classics um <laughs> you can only be you can only have so many jungle canyon rope bridges before you have to make obvious gags yeah. for instance yeah and it works it does really work they managed to go the whole movie as well by the way without ever really making a star wars reference which is kind of admirable, it's, it's admirable for, yeah. for any movie. There was no like, Game of Thrones references either. No, not one Game of Thrones reference. So that's, that's our usual go-to, yeah, isn't it? that's our usual one. We have a special <laughs> bell now that we ring. <laughs> was it just a shame? <laughs> shame, yeah. Um, but no, I really liked it. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think it is the weakest of the three Lego movies. But, yeah, but if it's still a good time. But then, it's still really yeah. good. And the only reason I'm saying it's the weakest is because those first two are such a high watermark. I mean, Lego Batman is probably the best Batman movie not directed by Christopher Nolan. Mm. And Lego movie is one of the best animated movies of the last 20 years so but yeah 
And the next one we've got is Lego Movie Sequel. So let's get excited. Let's enjoy this. Yeah, when is that coming out again? Because they... Delayed it, They've pushed they? it back, I believe. Yeah. I think so. But yeah, I really liked it. Um, but alas, we must uh, we must pick a film of the week. We've got to what do What is it going to be? Uh, I'm going to go with Double Date. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, if I had to see one of these movies again... Yeah. I mean, mind, it I looks did. like it's, it's not been a pretty bad run. It's not been a bad Snowman. Run. I guess you could even, like, still the Snowman and enjoy... How it looks and Valley Kilmers, you can laugh at Valley Kilmers. Valley Kilmers, though. But uh, uh, also, uh, Joke Simmons is in it. Yes, yes, J.K. Simmons is in it, and you could remove him from the plot with absolutely nothing missing from the film. Well, why would you want to? Because he's great. Yeah, he is, but it's just a reminder that J.K. Simmons can do so much better than this. Yeah. Um, no, I'm giving it to Double Date. I really, really enjoyed Double Date, and I think the performances and the, the the aesthetic and the style and the tone of it are terrific. And I want to watch this again. You and I would watch this whilst drinking. Mm. It, 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 and we'd have a laugh doing it in the same way that we recently double build the Piranha 3D and 3DD uh, movies. Yes. That was fun, by the way. That was a good time. But uh, so uh, next week, fun to come. Um, next week kicks off with uh, an animated adaptation. I think there's an enormous fan base for. My Little Pony is There's next a week. Huge fan base. My Little Pony is out next week. Also, The Death of Stalin, uh, which is the uh, latest from uh, Armando Iannucci, who gave us the thick of it in the loop, and of course Veep, mm. and very similar kind of thing. It's a you know a talky political comedy, uh, with starring Jeffrey Tambor and starring Steve Buscemi, uh, Steve Buscemi, and starring Jason Isaacs, Jason Isaacs, yeah. and starring. I'm just going to... I'm out. Oh, you're out. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. What's this in there? <laughs> um, oh, oh, Simon Russell Beale. Oh, Simon right. Russell Beale's I mean, in it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. It, it's, it's something I think we're going to enjoy discussing. We've got Marshall next week with uh, Chaddy Bozeman. Yeah, look forward to that. Yeah, we've got Dina, which is uh, a foreign language comedy I don't know an awful lot about. We've got Happy Death Day I next week. I'm genuinely excited about this. As am I. Yeah. Groundhog Day meets Scream. What's not to What's love? What's not to love? That's, that's great. Uh, we've got I Am Not a Witch, which I hear really, really good things about. Mm. Um, and we've also got Earth, One Amazing Day, which is from the Planet Earth uh, documentary people. This is the yeah, first feature that, film. Uh, Robert Redford. So Robert Redford narrating. Cool. I had the pleasure of seeing this on Monday morning, because mm. the FDA, for some reason, wants to see our films a fortnight in advance now. Mm. But, uh, and we have uh, Secret Superstar, which is a Bollywood film actually s- getting pressure. Yeah, I saw a poster for that last night, actually. Did you? Yeah. I did. Uh, at uh, the Light Cinema in Sheffield Town. Wow. Okay, they actually yeah. put a poster for... Yes, they did, yeah. I- I'm still going to see To Whom 3 one of these days. Oh, but, it's amazing. Uh, Everyone see... I, I really need just, to. Just see that entire series. <laughs> right. In the meanwhile, that's all for us. From, uh, from us. All for us. All from us. All from us. For now. In the meanwhile, this will be the County Celebration for On Screen. I've been Van Connor. I have been the Snowman. And we'll be back. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Off Screen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. That was that was good. That oh, was good. that that G major chord. Oh, that. gotta give you that. Hi.
Hi, we're back. We're back. We have podcast extras. Yeah. So, you got some news for me? Uh, do I'll, I have I'll news? let you put the guitar in. Yeah, let, let, let me do that. That looked really awkward. You're just holding that at the worst angle. Yeah, that's what I'm like at gigs as well. I'm just uh, holding the guitar like, and, like an arm's length away from me. Give me some news then before we review some the news. party. Okay, let's talk more about people maybe directing films. Uh, Gore Verbinski might be directing Gambit. Might be. Might be. Maybe the fourth might be this year. So, it starts with Rupert Wyatt. Yeah. And then it was Doug Lyman, because Doug Lyman just like signing contracts mm-hmm. and then leaving. And I think it was someone else. There was someone in the, in the interim, and yeah. now it's Gorbinsky. It looks like it, it may actually happen with Gorbinsky, who I do like. And yeah, just, no one wants this except Channing Tatum. But I like Channing Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want him to have nice things. <laughs> I just really want Channing Tatum to be an X-Man, so I don't care how <laughs> to it be comes an about. <laughs> but, yeah, because uh, he's, he's supposed to be the new like, Wolverine stand-in, apparently. Uh, like... Because if he, if he can't have Wolverine anymore, they need someone else. I, I was kind of sick of the old Wolverine by the time we got rid of him. Yeah, but then we had Logan and we were like, we just yeah. want him back. <laughs> yeah, true. But, you don't uh, know what you got till it's gone. So should we talk about this viral story that we, uh, we're we kind of close to this week? Yes. Okay, so this is this is a guy that we both know. This mm. is Ian Thompson. Yeah. Who I think, is he one of the managers now for uh, the Everyman Cinema in Harrogate? Uh, yes, he is. Now, I yes. believe, because he left Cineworld, and he's, I think his wife works there as well at, at Harrogate. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, possibly, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so this guy, he's a, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a geek, likes his wrestling. <laughs> he and I yep. often discuss the finer points of the WWE. And, um, he, on Thursday, last week, Thursday that Blade Runner came out, I think. It was. On the Thursday, he started his day by going up onto the marquee of the cinema and putting Blade Runner 2049, 15, don't worry, they didn't ruin it. Yeah. And it has now gone viral, this photo. <laughs> and is and doing people runs. agree. <laughs> people agree, and it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, certainly, uh, it's, this picture is certainly popular. Yeah, it has gone hashtag viral, as the kids say. But uh, good for you, Ian. Couldn't yeah. have to a nicer chap. Good man. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah. That, that, that amused I think, me. I think it's been shared. Like I, I saw it oh, had, it had like two thousand and which picture? likes or something. Because there's loads of individual there's, pictures. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's loads kind of, of different people. It was yeah. on, on Facebook. It's on about lad bible and then That's uni it. lad and those the kind lad of. bible one i got like four and a half thousand oh, right, so uh, man. likes on it and a, like a couple so it's on loads of different channels yeah it's on loads well. of different channels because loads of people keep taking yeah. the picture uh, i saw that uh will, we we- it. will wheaton of yes, all people like, did, yeah. just shared it on twitter we shared it on our feed on thursday really? we actually oh. shared it on the day but we didn't share it from anyone else we shared it from ian oh from ian himself we shared ian's <laughs> picture <laughs> from, right, right from the source right from the source because we like to go to the well <laughs> so exactly. uh, yeah so let's talk then about the party have you have you heard anything about this uh no i don't think so this premiered mm. at uh, berlin Ali of the summer, and uh, it was evidently a little bit of a hit. It's written and directed by Sally Potter. It has an all-star cast, a bona fide all-star cast. We are talking about the likes of Kristen Scott Thomas. We're talking about the likes Ooh. of Patricia Clarkson. We're ah. talking about Cherry Jones, Timothy Spall, Emily, Emily Mortimer. Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall, now you got my I know. And Killian Murphy as well. No way. And Killian, not Cillian. <laughs> I'm going with Killian. I'm just going yeah. with Killian. Uh, it is. I is he a good one? A... No, he's a Cillian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so northern, terrible. that joke, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was on a chat show. Remember, like, Colbert or something like that mm. a while ago. And Did he mention he... this? Yeah, they, they said, Killian, 
So oh, okay, good. It, is, good. it is Killian. Excellent. Okay. So um, the the basic gist of this is um, Kristen Scott Thomas is uh, is a, a, a newly elected MP for the uh, she's I think she's the health minister, the shadow health minister. She's just been uh, appointed in the position, and her friends are all getting together to celebrate for her. And what you've got is basically a series of couples. So Kristen Scott Thomas is married to Timothy Spall, who uses this occasion to announce that he's dying. Um, and more so that actually he's having an affair and he doesn't want to spend his remaining days with his wife. He wants to go with the lover. In the meanwhile, you also have uh, Cherry Jones and her partner, uh, her partner, her partner Emily Mortimer, who announced they are having three. Uh, they're having triplets. They're having three boys. You've also got Patricia Clarkson and Bruno Gans, who's playing Godfrey, her partner, and their relationship is somewhat in flux because she seems to like belittling him, and he's quite a new age hippie sort. And you've got Killian Murphy, who's got something going on. He's angsty about something. He's got a gun, and we don't know why. And this is all in black and white and largely takes place on the ground floor of someone's relatively small, believable house. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, here's a clip. Listen, I'm going to propose a toast to my oldest, dearest, and most loyal friend who has achieved a rare thing, which is why we're all here this evening in case anyone forgot babies excuse me jenny martha but babies get born every day in extremely large numbers to the point of endangering the planet and all our futures it's not every day however that one of us becomes a minister in your entirely rotten and useless opposition party you april though of course you're right Yeah, I'm gonna next time someone tells me they're expecting, that is so gonna be my response. <laughs> You're killing us all. Um I loved this. I really yeah, did. I thought really this was good. a lot of fun. Um thing is it's like seventy-five minutes long. It's seventy one. Right. In fact it's exactly according to IMDb, it's seventy-one minutes long. Um I really liked it. It's got no real ambition beyond do you know what? Here's just some really engaging actors, here's some quite charismatic <clears throat> uh, personalities, mm. here's them interacting, they've got they've each got beef. This is just how it unfolds. It's got no ambition beyond that, and it really works. It's basically, it's it's clearly, you know, the sort of a, a derivative of a stage play. This is the end result of what has begun life as a stage play. Um, and I'll be honest, I mean, I saw The Party on my screening schedule, and I thought, is that a reissue of the Peter Sellers thing? Or? Mm. But uh, no, because we get so many re- reissues now. Alas. alas, it was we not. We do have a lot of reissues. I mean, we're going to talk about a reissue, aren't we? <laughs> well, we are, but you know, yeah. this month, we've got the one we're going to talk about. We've got The Silence of the Lambs, Predator... Uh, what else? So the Shining is being reissued this month as well. Well, it's October. Yeah, so. and there's like <laughs> four happen every year. It's four or five this month. It's it's insane. I've just had an email through offering me a screening link for North by Northwest. To which my immediate response is thanks, but I have owned that for many years. Um, <laughs> I don't need to see it. In no, thank you, sir. <laughs> no, I said good day, sir. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> you lose, you get nothing. Yeah, I really liked this. It was funny. It was witty. It was really well written. I can't fault it. Mm. Um, Sounds really good. It is really good. But you know, it's it's something you're guaranteed to run into this on film four in six months' time. Yeah, and it'll literally be, it will, le- it'll be, be an be hour and a half with adverts. Mm. So yeah, uh, over to you, sir. What you got? <laughs> what have I got? <laughs> I'm stalling for time because I forgot to get something. I thought you were going to say, what haven't I got? But go on. Yeah. Uh, So, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, Dort. I think it's Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, isn't it? Gal Gadot. I think it's Dort. I like Gal Gadot. 
It sounds like Godot, a, Godot, let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. But yeah. Gal Gadot sounds like a robot <laughs> from like the future that's come back to save us. Gal Gadot sounds like a mispronunciation films. of the Ninjago villain. It does. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Does anyway, uh Gal Gal. Gal Gal. Gal. She Gal. quite possibly hmm. could be the bride of Frankenstein. Now I've heard worse pieces of cast. I think that'd be pretty good. Yeah. I'm a fan of that. Because a while ago, uh, it was Angelina Jolie who was eyed to be uh, the bride. Yeah, because it worked out so well for Tom, Cru- Tom Cruise. Let's get Angelina in next. Yeah. So but it's, it's it's all for the dark universe, which apparently is still a thing that's going <laughs> oh, to be in our lives. Now. Apparently they're dialing it down oh, now. Oh, are they? Yeah. So what is... is- Apparently, it's going to be. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be tied. It's just. It's not. It's not. They're not going to be beholden to it. They're going to dial it down. It's going to be a very minor priority now. Then we're not going to have another mummy. Right. This. This is their response to it. So. Mm. Yeah. I think she's a great choice, though, and I she like Bill Condon. Yeah. As a, like, he's, he's, he's good. Such a good job. He's good. The beast. Yeah. Yeah. Like that could have been a real train wreck. It oh, could yeah. have been a real Maleficent. <laughs> it could have been. Couldn't, couldn't it? it? But he did a great job with that, and uh, I think she will be good. And Javi Bardem is still down to be Frankenstein, as far as we know. Now, which is good. Do you that's know good what? Casting. Do you know what? Actually, speaking of Javi Bardem, and this is podcast extra, so we can ramble for the next three hours. Okay. Who really cares? Um, we've not seen each other for a bit, so we've not spoken about Mother. <laughs> No, we have. Oh no, we haven't. That was the first week we you were off. Yeah. Okay. Go on. So let's let's have, have a chat. I, I have. Okay. I right, saw on, it. I thought that I wasn't going to like it. Mm-hmm. And there was parts of it that I didn't like. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I don't think it was a perfect film. Okay. Not at all. That's fine. I did like it. I too liked it. Um, I then think we are in agreement. Sir. I, I think it's a terrible movie, but a great film. I would be inclined to agree. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go, terrible movie, great film. Yeah. Um, I, I understood what was going on quite, not not from like the first couple of minutes, but like mm. after a bit, it becomes apparent what the whole thing is. Oh, I think as soon as Donald Leeson turned up, I kind of got the analogy. Well, the, the fact right that there. it was the two boys, I was like, yeah. I see where we're yeah, headed. I, I see what we're doing there. Okay. How witty. Yeah. It was when... Uh, I do want to see it again. It was when Kristen Wiig turned up that things really got nuts. But... Uh, yeah. Yeah. No oh, one, man. No yeah. one knew about that, huh? I think I've not fully worked out who she is supposed to be. I think just the 20th century. Is, is that it? I think she She's like, that. brings that in. I think she's just the 20th century. Yeah. But that, or you could actually read in that she's a stand-in for the Pope. So... Pope man. I think she could actually be a stand-in for organised religion. Maybe she is. Or, ju- or just media. I thought potentially it was Media that. works best. If you look at it as media, yes. But um, you, the same analogy, that the, the media and organised religion or Pope work just as well. You can use either one of those, and you still wind up with the same result. Yeah. So, uh, so if you've not seen Mother... Um, well, it's out the charts now, so I don't think you get the chance. But uh, I'm sure it'll be out on uh, the Blu-ray on, shortly. Yeah, on, on, in, on in a couple of months. Those, I, those rays of blue, <laughs> <laughs> blue Blu-ray channels. <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, I, I, would, I would say watch it and then you know discuss it with me. I want to watch. it I again. just want to talk to people about. Mm. I, I know that it's now been a while since it's been out. And I'd like to watch the discussion it again. Very is kind much. of finished, but, but maybe we should we should get together at some point. Yeah, could we get high and watch it? Like, I'd, I'd love to do that. I, I'd love to get I, baked I, I want to I want to drink a lot of wine and watch it. That's going to be my my uh, narcotic of choice. That's it. That, <laughs> I, think, I think that I'd like to do Mother uh, either drunk or high. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that movie will work either way. It was way. a really, like, intense trailer that was released, but I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. It was one that was... Yes. 
The one that was out in cinemas. I know the one you mean. The one that's got that voiceover that says, you will never forget where you were when you saw Mother. It's a very 70s trailer, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Very much. Although the, the final 10 minutes of that film are just brutal. Yeah. I'd, I think that's when I was like, was I'm in. Hard I'm in on watch. That. Really hard watch those final 10 minutes. But I want to watch that again. I want to watch those I know, 10 minutes again. I know, I know. Well, it'll be upon us soon, I'm sure. But uh, Yeah, I, I think m- more, more of that. Yes, well, we'll see what he comes up with now. I mean, let's not forget, this guy did go up post-apocalyptic with Noah one movie earlier, so... <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't think I, any bets I, are on I with think him. he's going to uh, direct uh, Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only yeah. way I get excited for Gambit. Gambit starts ripping Nicholas limbs off. And, yeah. yeah. But uh, okay, so amazing. can I do the Hellraiser review now? Yeah, do you know what? I'll join in because I've, I've seen it, I mean, a long time ago, but I'm sure I can remember bits. Oh, I'm pretty sure you remember most of it. Okay, so 1987's Hellraiser has now been reissued because it's its 30th anniversary. Oh, happy birthday to you. And this is the weird thing. So I went to the screening for this. There was myself and Peter Bradshaw there and nobody else. Hmm. Like, literally, I was sat in Delane Lee, just me and him. I've um, been there. You have been there, didn't What did I send you there to see? Was it the, oh, uh, that awful no, one? Oh, oh, the Mexican one. The Untamed. Yeah. The Untamed. Yeah, sorry about that, by the way. Uh, it came out on DVD this last Cheers. week. <laughs> yeah, it came out on DVD on Monday. Did it? Yep. Nobody watch it. <laughs> Nobody ever watch it. Um, so, I got to see this film. I hadn't seen it in many years. Um, didn't remember an awful lot about it. And I realised very early on that the thing I remember about Hellraiser is more the bonkers sequels and not the original. So, let's go back to the original. It is written and directed by Clive Barker, based on his novella, The, the Hellbound Heart. Mm. And the general gist of both the novella and the and the, the film are, you have a couple who move into the, uh, the, the husband's uh, deceased mother's house where his younger or older brother, I can never remember, died. The wife, his young, his new young wife, has been having an affair prior to their marriage with the brother, discovers him in the attic. Basically, an accident takes place whereby some blood gets on the floor, it mixes with something else we won't name on on radio, and it brings him back from a hell dimension that he has been confined to. She then agrees to seduce men for him, bring them back to the attic, and allow him to consume their flesh in order to bring himself back into our reality. That's it. I think you've you've summed it up. That's kind of it. Here's a clip. You promised me an explanation. This is it. Let me no, see. don't touch it. It's dangerous. It opens doors. What kind of doors? Doors to the pleasures of heaven or hell. I didn't care which. I thought I'd gone to the limits. I hadn't. The Cenobites gave me an experience beyond the limits. Pain and pleasure. Indivisible. Do you know when you watch this back now, after all these years, you know the first thing you realise? Mm, and it, it had honestly never occurred to me in all these years. Event Horizon is so much less, ori- less original than I give it credit for. Yeah. It mm. really it, borrows it from Hellraiser. It definitely Hellraiser. owes the debt, doesn't it? And funnily enough, uh, Event Horizon is exactly ten years after the first Hellraiser movie. Is it? It is. It's 97. Oh. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to watch out this, uh, love this October season. Because I'm, I'm endeavouring to... Uh, if not watch one horror film a day of October, at least watch one horror thing. 
Um, I want to watch the sequels to this now. I want to watch the Hellraiser sequels because I so much en- I enjoyed this so much more than I remember enjoying it. Um, a lot of it's very much of its time. It's very much of that period in the specifically in the mid to late eighties when you had a lot of filmmakers, Wes Craven, for, you know, leaps out for example, mm. uh, John Carpenter to an extent as well, mm. who used excessive gore not for shock value or for horror value really, but just to sell kind of outlandish supernatural sci-fi uh, concepts. And this is one of the forebearers for a lot of what we now know. I mean, Event Horizon is a movie that pretty much everyone likes. Mm. And yet, a lot of it is borrowed, specifically the sort of the sadomasochistic BDSM aesthetic from this. And yeah, this is really good. Also, I'd forgotten Andrew Robinson was the uh, male lead. Mm. And who most of us know as Garrick from Star Trek now. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's been restored. It's been cleaned up. It's, uh, it's, it's dated, obviously, because of certain fashion techniques and things like that. Um, the, uh, lead actress's hairdo, for example, leaps out as very much dating the film. Um, but yeah, it still holds up. It's still a great theatrical experience. And I'd never seen it on a big screen. And it does have real <coughs> cinematic value in that sense. I'd like to see it on a big screen. I very so much is, worth is it. Is it getting like a wide release? Yes. Uh, it is getting a wide release. I'm not sure if it's for a single day, though, or for the actual week, but uh, it is coming back to cinemas. And very much worth seeing. I'm now going to go and rewatch the sequels because I don't think I ever watched past three anyway. Because didn't it go to space in the end? Uh, I believe so. I think Hellraiser Inferno takes it to space. I mean, all, all good film franchises have got to go to space. Well, Jason Voorhees taught us that. But you know what? I'm going to watch Jason X really soon. <laughs> My favourite thing mm. in Jason X is when the guy gets thrown off a balcony and lands on the corkscrew and his body spins <laughs> down, spins down the, the enormous screw and the response is, oh, he got screwed. I love that. Yes. Absolutely love that. Over to you anyway for the news. Say. Yes, so every now and again, Tyler Perry is good in a thing. Oh, I mean, it's a rarity, but it does happen. Yeah, yeah. It, it tends to be... He is good in a thing that is not anything to do with Tyler Perry. Yeah, other people's films. So he's fine in other people's. He's yeah. really good in. So it's amazing that he's going to be in uh, Dick Cheney uh, biopic. Which doesn't have a title yet, does it? No, Still it's just being titled. Called, yeah, yeah it's, it's like the bloody Han Solo film. <laughs> just give it a name. Please. So, hang on So Christian Bale is Dick Cheney. Sam All Rock, in. Sam Rockwell is George W. Bush. I'm even more in. Uh... Is it, I, is it Amy Adams, I want to say, is uh, Lynn Cheney. Yes. Uh, Steve Carell is Donald Rumsfeld. Yes. And, oh, Bill Pullman's in there in a role they haven't defined yet. As yet, undisclosed role. There we so are. So Tyler Perry, Colin Powell. Love it. Amazing. Oh, my God. Hang on, how long before we get Viola Davis to play, uh, <clears throat> to play, yeah. Oh, uh, Condoleezza Rice. Condi, yeah. Comedy, comedy. Pretty, pretty soon. She's, she's Get got, she's got, to, she's got to have had talks for that. She's got to have. You, yeah. How do you cast that and not get Viola in there? Come on. Or get like Angela Bassett or. Oh, Angela Bassett would be good. Get, but, get Angela but Bassett. I, I don't know. I, I, I just I'd see, I see Viola. Really? I just see Viola doing the role. She's got mm. the. St- oh, mind you, they both do. Both Angela Bassett and. Just and don't get Vivica not actually a fox. No, no, no. She don't she's do that. She's got the props. She, no, she's not, not actually a fox. She's not actually a fox. No, no. That was a, that. That name was a lie. <laughs> but uh, Tyler Perry. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that because he's really good in Gone Girl. Very different physical presence though to Colin Powell. Colin Powell's quite a yeah, but Christian, quite a lanky guy. Yeah, wasn't but Christian Bale's got really difficult physical presence. <laughs> yes, to, uh, Dick that's the truth. So, yes, uh, I don't think Tyler Perry has that in him. I don't think it's too dissimilar. <laughs> he wasn't. He's not really that lanky. I don't and know. Tyler Perry as well. 
quite a tall, biggish He's dude. quite buff, though, isn't he, Tyler Perry? He can slim down a bit. I yeah. think all he needs to do is just slim down a couple of pounds. And you well, see, you see him he's got like Christian the... Bale to ask, hasn't he? Yeah, give him some weight it's, loss it's, tips. It's like, it's like the exact opposite of starring with The Rock. If you star with The <laughs> yeah. Rock, you ask him for tips to bulk you up like Zac Efron did. Mm. If you star with Christian Bale, it's how do I skin down? <laughs> how do I become the machinist? Exactly. <laughs> how do I look like a skeleton? Uh, speaking of uh, of uh, slimming down and looking like a skeleton, let's talk about Six Below, which is the last review we have this week then, uh, which is directed by Scott Wow. Scott Wow. Scott Wow. Scott War, sorry. Oh, no. Uh, Scott Wow. Scott Wow is a porn director. Yeah, but sure. Scott War. Scott Wow. Do you remember Act of Valor? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, that, that military movie <clears throat> starring actual serving Marines. Yeah, it was it was not bad, but you couldn't see <clears throat> why it existed. <clears throat> uh, so he's now brought us this, which is arguably a faith-based survival drama starring Josh Hartnett. Remember him? I remember Josh Hartnett. He, he, he was going to be was Batman. In, yeah, he was in movies once. <laughs> he uh, committed a Hollywood homicide. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> but I, I'm very proud of it. That was really good. That, that was, <laughs> that's got to be one of our best ones, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, this stars, uh, he stars in here as a sort of washed up uh, junkie <laughs> snowboarder. And one day he goes out for a bit of a boarding session. Basically, he's got a week in between having been arrested for driving whilst under the influence of meth and mm. the court appearance he's going to have to make as a result of it. He goes out boarding in the interim, um, accidentally takes a wrong turn down the wrong slope and gets caught in a storm, as one does, and has to survive on this mountain. It's six below zero, hence the clever title. Well, actually, sorry, the full title, by the way, is six below, colon, miracle on the mountain. Yeah, he said colon. Colon, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he has to survive. In the meanwhile, his mother, played by Mira Sorvino, who, for the purpose of this conversation, I want to remind you, once won an Oscar, um, yeah. searches for him. And, yes, yeah, she's this been in the news this week. Woody Allen film? Uh, yes, Finding Aphrodite. Aphrodite. Uh, Mighty Aphrodite. Sorry. Mighty Aphrodite. Mighty Aphrodite. Was that Woody Allen? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I do remember that Harvey Weinstein produced that film, though. <laughs> Word. And uh, that's why she's been in the news a lot this week because she's had to what answer she said. some questions. That yes, it's all true. Oh man! But, I uh, just saw. I've, well, now it seems to be like more like male stars are becoming more vocal about it. So yes. George Clooney was the first and possibly the most prominent to say things about it. Uh, Ewan McGregor's just put something on Twitter saying, uh, "Heard rumors about it for years. Thank goodness it's finally." <laughs> Being bought I'm just waiting for QT to open his mouth. Mm. Yes. Wouldn't that, that be very, interesting? It's very, uh, yeah, it's quite telling, isn't it? Like, yeah. QT has not said anything. And Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith has not said anything. Mm, yeah. They were anyway. like, yeah. His, his boys. His boys. Mm. So anyway, back to the thing. So Mira Sorvino is the mum. She's looking, uh, trying to track him down, find out what happened to her missing baby boy. And yeah, here's a clip that's going to kind of set the tone for you. I was a good kid. A strong kid. Never be perfect enough for you. I mean, you're stressing the boy out. I lost my way. I'm done. I'm not going to help you anymore until you want to help yourself. Hey, Mama. I never wanted to bring you into this. I just had to get away for a few days. Enjoy the mountain, Eric. Always do. I wish the mics had been live when you just yawned loudly at that. Because it was completely involuntary as well. I feel like you just, just reviewed this film so perfectly. Um, 
<laughs> right. Here's here's the thing. Right. So he's playing Eric Lamarck, who is a real person. This is based on his book, which is called Crystal Clear. Because, mm. you know, he was on meth, and now he's not. Ah-ha-ha. Uh-huh. What a title. Um, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to kind of drop a spoiler on this one. This is a movie that begins with uh, Josh Hartnett at his basically doing dishes and eating nachos in a morning, mm. and he's narrating over the top of it, saying, oh, you know, I did bad things in my life, but the Lord tells me, blah de blah de blah blah And you're thinking, oh, good God, this is going to be some faith-based nonsense, is it? I bet you this ends with him telling the, the inspirational story to a bunch of, real, a bunch of like, kids or something, or some sort of support group, something yeah. like that. Um, it does. It literally ends that way. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of called that one. Um, it's rubbish. It is complete rubbish. Josh Hartnett is, I would describe him as being basically capable in more or less the same way I would describe Mira Sorvino as providing just enough of a facsimile of a human. Mm. Um, no one's any good in this. The audience aren't any good for sitting through it. Nothing about this is good. It's it's shot in the most basic. I've got a GoPro way, and Ooh, I'm yawning again. Well, I can't blame oh. you. So, I mean, it's that oh, dull. Yeah. I mean, it, it. I think it's just it's a shade over ninety minutes, like ninety six minutes, something like that. You will feel every moment of them. Um, I'm currently resting my head on a microphone, so that's I, why I sound louder. But uh, this microphone's really comfy, and I just want to have a nap on it. They do. They're very mm. comfy cushioning. Um, no. This film sounds boring. It is really boring. Mm. Uh, don't see it. Whatever you do, it's badly It's badly edited, badly written, badly acted, uh, badly shot, badly lit at times. Nothing about this is good. No. And I, at least the snowman looked pretty. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> and we'll we just say real quick, uh, Valley Kilmer's in The Snowman. Valley Kilmer. Um, he's he's lost a lot of weight on the face, and he's got this sort of long slick. He was back ill, hair. wasn't he? Apparently, I think he was. But he's got yeah. slick back, long hair, and he looks <laughs> he looks weirdly like Tom Waits. He's even doing the weird. voice, even doing the voice. What Tom Waits voice? Like, like Tom Waits voice. It's the weirdest thing. No one could, and, and it's all in flashbacks. Like his character isn't in the present day scenes. He's in like the previous. Yeah, see, it makes happen. no sense. Anyway, the snowman's more interesting to talk about than Six Below. Six Below is a terrible movie. Nobody should ever see it. I think I'm pretty sure it's only going to cinemas for one day, and then it's probably on VOD or yeah. DVD. The let's same let's, let's stop talking about that. Yeah, what's what's your favorite uh, Valley Kilmers? My favorite ever Valley Kilmers, yeah. uh, probably uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, that's probably my favorite good Valley Kilmers. Yeah. He has done a lot of straight to uh, DVD, straight to, yeah, loads like VODs. There is one that I think everyone should seek out for this October Halloween season. What's that? It is called The Traveller. No, I have not. I haven't seen this. I think it's still on Netflix because me and Mark saw it on Netflix. The premise is mm-hmm. <clears throat> a vagabond walks into a police station, yeah, and admits to a murder that he has yet to commit. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So why is he the traveller and not the planner? I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like yeah, the foreshadower. Yeah. There's, there's a bit where we like take him into custody because we're like, oh, obviously this guy's weird. So we like, interrogated him and he just stops talking and then says, oh, by the way, I just killed six people. 
That, that sounds like that Keanu movie where it's a, by the way, a magic. But <laughs> uh, I tell you what, speaking of terrible actors in uh, who used to be great... How dare you, sir? <laughs> Here it is, your moment of Italian cage. If I do that, I'll start getting confused about when I'm supposed to come in. And that, in a concert hall, would be a disaster. <laughs> 